Let's continue our mini series on temper tantrums and how to help, how to prevent, how to deal with them. This week, we are going to focus on what to do when an infant cries all of the time, when they want you, need you all of the time, when they don't want to go to sleep, they aren't tired, they're overtired, they don't want their bottle. They aren't eating and they just cry, cry, cry. First of all, I want to cover a couple of things. Most importantly, you want to take care of yourself and your child's safety. So if you ever feel at the end of your rope or in any kind of situation in which you might be afraid for a child's safety, you want to put that baby down in a safe place which would be buckled in a car seat or placed in a crib and call for help. Call a hotline, call a friend, just call someone. You don't want to deal with a situation that is frustrating and this scary alone. There are lots of people that would want to help you and you just have to reach out for help. Second of all, I just want to mention that it's okay to get to the point where you aren't sure what to do. An infant communicates mostly by crying. They do have other facial expressions. As they grow, they learn other ways to communicate. But a newborn just really comes out just really, really knowing that one method of telling you anything. You will get to know all of the different cries. You will be able to read facial expressions and tones of voice and recognize signals, but not always. There will be days when you can't figure out if they are hungry or tired or bored, and you just go through that list, and you still feel lost for an idea that will work. I want to help you know that it's okay to feel that you both are safe and to get into the best state that you are able to and just keep it all in perspective. This period of time in a child's life does not last forever. You want to get through it and to be able to enjoy it as much as you can. So let's dive into this topic. Your baby is crying. Maybe it's your baby. Maybe you're a teacher and you have a particular baby in your class that is more challenging. Or maybe this baby is a relative or a friend's, but this baby cries and has a difficult time settling himself or herself down. So first, let's address the expectation about crying. I have looked through a lot of articles that are out there to help you, a lot of advice about what to do when a baby is crying. I wanted to see the other resources that are out there to help you. And there is one thing that really stood out to me as I looked. There is a whole lot of advice about how to get a baby to stop crying. Try doing this. Try doing that. Then try the other thing, all with the same expectation and goal. 
that we need to get the baby to stop crying. That crying is bad. That crying is something that must be fixed. But I want you to consider for just one moment that what if that was true some of the time? That we want babies to cry a little less. That if they cry all of the time, it would just drive us batty to listen to. But what if the goal is not to stop all crying? What if they are actually supposed to cry sometimes? After all, it is their main form of communication. So if a baby who is putting themselves to sleep in their crib is completely safe, the baby is fed, is changed, and is actually tired, is it really a problem that they are crying? What if they are just communicating that they don't think that they need a nap, but we know better? We are grown adults that know that sleep is what is needed right now. They just don't agree with us. They don't feel like it. They would prefer that you would carry them around for a few hours, tired and crying. Who really knows better in that moment? I'll tell you for a fact that we do. So the first thing that I want you to take away here is that crying is not all bad. It does not all have to be stopped. As your child gets a little bit older and starts having some of those meltdowns that we talked about in the first episode, first part of this series, there are going to be times when your child just can't have something that they want. And guess what? They are going to cry. Let's just make peace right now with the fact that babies are going to cry. A little bit. A lot sometimes. And let's just get rid of the goal of having a baby who is happy all of the time. Who's happy all of the time? I mean, really. No one, if you are human, when we have a baby, we have a little human who is supposed to have the full range of emotions. So let's just allow a little bit of sadness and anger in their lives without trying to eliminate that altogether. We just want to help and support them through those feelings. So that is going to be step one. Allow some crying and just consider it normal. On to step two. Just like the temper tantrums, you want this to be a you-first procedure. So you always want to check your own mood, your own feelings, your level of calmness before you try and help a baby. So slow it down, take a breath, use a mantra that you can handle this. You've got this. You first. A baby that is around an adult who is sad or mad or frustrated all of the time is never going to be happy despite of the adults that they are near. Your state of mind is going to affect your child's state of mind. So you want to get 
out of that survival state or emotional state yourself so that you can access the tools that you need to consider your options and to help that child. Step three, and this is a big one, have a schedule that works. I highly recommend that you have a good daily schedule that works for your child. A young baby's schedule might look like eat, sleep, and then have alert or playtime. And just rinse and repeat. Having a schedule will ensure that your baby goes down for a nap when they have a full belly. Not when they're going to wake up in the middle of the nap hungry. As they get a little bit older, they're going to nap less often. And you are going to want to encourage longer naps. So you will be looking for that sweet spot of putting them down when you know that they are tired, but well before they get overtired and then they can't self-soothe themselves to go to sleep. If you aren't sure where to start, I would just Google some possible infant schedules for your age of your child. Talk to your pediatrician. You can talk to the teachers if your child is in childcare or to your friends who are also parents of young children. What we are trying to avoid here with this schedule is trying to answer crying with eating too often or going down for quick 10-minute naps. Just having your baby be kind of all over the place with a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And then it makes it hard for you to know what your baby wants, even whether or not they will actually know what they want in those moments when they are hungry and tired and overwhelmed. A structured schedule can really help with this. And if you aren't sure where to start, then start with eat sleep, play, repeat. Okay, step four. This might be the hardest one for some parents. Trust yourself. You know your child. You are an adult. You actually do know more than they do. But a lot of parents don't trust themselves. They consider the infant to be the ultimate expert in what they want. You know you hear this all of the time, because I do. You're at a gathering with lots of relatives, friends, and a baby starts crying. Immediately, what does everyone do? They all start saying, what does she want? Does she want this? Try this. Try that. What is it? What does she want? Everyone assumes that the baby knows. But guess what? Sometimes we know. We know, and they don't know. That's why you never hear children ask for a nap. They just don't know that it's the thing that they often need, but we know. Now, I certainly am not saying that a nap is always the answer, but you know when you have checked the diaper, it's not time to eat, it's not a distraction that they need because they're bored, 
and they start reaching for their eyes or their ears that they're tired. When you know that they're tired, you know. And I have seen how strongly some babies will fight you on this one. So trust yourself when you know. I have even seen babies who will fight you to take a bottle when you know that they are hungry. So I want you to trust yourself when you know more than your baby. Don't give up on trying so quickly when you can easily see what is wrong. Put in that little bit of extra time that is needed to convince that baby that the bottle is actually what they want right now. And I'm talking about when you are sure that they're hungry, not when they are done or have had enough. Put that baby in the crib and give that baby time when you know that they're tired. How much time? That's a really common question from parents and teachers. If that baby is really tired, then the answer has to be until the baby has had a good nap. Believe me, they can fight it for a long time. But if they are tired, how many things are going to fix that? Really only one thing. So that is what they need. And what if they cry? I want you to really think about that question. What if they cry? What if they do, really? If it's annoying to you to listen to the crying, then my answer is going to be, don't listen to the crying. Put on some music. If you know that that baby is safe, put on some headphones. Dance a little. Clean the house. Occasionally check on that infant to make sure that they are, in fact, safe. But safe doesn't have to mean not crying. Switch out with someone else and get out of the house for a bit. Do whatever you have to do to soothe yourself. And then let the tired baby put themselves to sleep. Going to sleep by yourself is a lifelong skill that you want your child to have. When they wake up in the middle of the night and you are no longer holding them, but they fell asleep while you were holding them, they're going to wonder how they got to be in their crib all alone instead of still being in your arms. But if they go to sleep alone in their crib, then there's no surprise when they wake up, which allows them the opportunity to go back to sleep. Step five, bond with that baby. Build a relationship. Bond, share joy together as your child gets old enough to be able to smile, laugh, hold eye contact. This is going to help with that last step because you are going to do this in the times when your baby is calm, alert, not crying. Not in the times when your baby is crying and demanding it. I promise you, it will make it easier in those times when you feel like you are just abandoning your tired baby to the crib. In those times when you are afraid that your baby will not feel bonded with you because you aren't running in and saving them from their emotions. When you are allowing your baby to feel sad or feel angry, bond with them when they are happy, when they are calm. 
This sounds like a simple, easy step, but it's a really good one. It does help. Step six, and this is one of my favorites. Allow your baby to have a little bit of independence from you. Babies love to be held. They love to be rocked, swaddled, cuddled, and you can do that. You aren't going to spoil a baby under one-year-old by holding them a lot. Enjoy that time when you are holding them. And I want you to also give them some independent time. That could be someone else holding them sometimes, but also time on the floor. Yes, of course, somewhere safe from other children and hazards such as stairs and from pets, but on the floor without you so that they can move, so that they can exercise, they can practice rolling over, pushing up from their stomach, crawling and standing up. Some babies love this. Some babies tolerate it. And then there are some that are going to let you know that they always want you to do that holding thing all of the time. Some babies can cry a lot. If you hold your baby all of the time, it's usually because you don't want to hear that reaction when you put them down away from you. But they need that time. They don't know that they need that time. But they do need that time away from you. The only way for babies to learn how to self-soothe is to let them practice self-soothing. If you are going to always soothe your baby for them, then they lose that opportunity to calm themselves. So give them practice time. And if they react by crying, that's something else that you can allow. Give them control over their reaction. They don't have to love it in order to get some benefit from that time. Just allow it. Give that to your baby. My very last tip, step seven, is going to be to just continue to get to know your infant so that you can recognize their early signals. If your baby is screaming bloody murder, holding their breath, clenching their fists, and their faces turning all shades of red and purple, then I'm going to bet that there were quite a few subtle hints along the way before they got to that state. So you want to notice those early signs, such as your infant looking away from you, touching their ears or eyes, yawning, getting a little bit fussy. You want to be able to recognize those so that you can respond at that point. Hungry, but not starving. A little sleepy, but not overtired. Ready for a new activity, but not bored to tears. Respond to them when they try to communicate with you. When they talk, respond. Even though you don't understand what they're saying yet, you want to give babies and toddlers the message that you are there for communication with them when they are calm. I really hope that you find the moments of joy with your child or with any infants in your life, whether they are friends or relatives, babies, because those moments are there 
even in the middle of all of the other moments, which are also there, the unpleasant, the exhausting, the frustrating moments. Life is 50-50, and it's no different for babies. The only sure thing is that those moments are fleeting, and then they're gone. So enjoy them by being in the moment and accepting them as they are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Here's to embracing all of it. Have a great week, everyone.